What's up, literary slummers? M from the future slash past here. Unfortunately, we had a little bit of a technical mishap while recording this episode, and I say we, but of course I mean I, because I fucked this up real bad. Uh, So just a heads up, there is some uh, really fucking distorted audio in this episode, for which I apologize. Um, But short of me sitting down and re-recording all of my lines, which I did attempt to do until I realized that that was absolutely insane we're just gonna have to go with this uh so sorry uh hopefully it's listenable i think it's listenable but you know hopefully it's not too bad and uh hopefully you guys still enjoy it uh it should be should be better the next episode when i don't use the laptop microphone instead of my actual good quality microphone sorry 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 uh enjoy the episode Welcome back, Literary Slummers, to another episode of Shelf Aware, the podcast where we read books outside of our comfort zone. I'm Em. And I'm Anna. This week, we are wrapping up Em's unit on The Great Detective with a book that I've picked out because I thought, maybe, perchance, Em might not mind this one. Um... It was a book I already had on a bookshelf, so I was quite selfish when I chose it. (laughs) It is A Curious Beginning, the first book in the Veronica Speedwell series by Deanna Rayborn. Uh, So, Em, what did you think? Well, I hate to say this, but I think you did a good job. Yes! (laughs) I was really worried. Em sent me a text yesterday. It was like, if this fucker ends up no you didn't say fucker but no i did fucker like, wasn't it was motherfucker mother oh that's true you be. did yeah oh yes if this motherfucker ends up being the love interest i was like <laughs> he is no i was talking about the different guy because i said what other guy the motherfucker wannabe the dude who showed up and was like i loved your." i said the professor snape looking motherfucker wannabe as in the guy who was like i loved your mother i loved her so you remind me of her and then, like, that wasn't the love interest. The old guy? Yeah, the Baron? The first one to show I up. thought you meant Stoker no, was the snake. Because, cool. like, when she meets him, he's got, like, all these things in jars. And he's, like, a real asshole. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's also extremely funny to me. <laughs> this grandpa guy. <laughs> he better not be the love interest. I had the Snape vibes going on. It was like... I loved your mother. You look much like her. I could only be so lucky to be in love with someone like that. I'm like, dude. I thought you. <laughs> but it's fine. I thought you were going like potions vibes. He died. It was <laughs> so fine. No, he is. Good. What did you think then about about the love interest? Oh, I liked one? him. I liked him. I thought he was okay, a good. little bit good. over the top in terms of like he was a naval member and a explorer and a doctor and a surgeon and, a- and he's of royal not royal but noble and he's yeah and murdered the black his sheep wife, of the maybe. family <laughs> and he likes candy he had a lot going in his backstory most of it was not uncovered in this book which you know leaves a little mystery for the rest of the series but even the stuff mystery. that wasn't covered i was like i don't you're like 31 i don't know how this all fits timeline yeah honestly <laughs> like when did you first leave the house well i guess like they do say he was with the carnival when he was like for, 12 or 13 kid, but like yeah for a year 
and then he got pulled back to his family and then he like kept coming back to the carnival but then like Mm -hmm. at what point did he join the navy and at what point was he a doctor and at what point did he start exploring (laughs) like i was like it was i think like the navy and the doctor thing overlapped at least but like the rest of it was like there's no way there's no time he's been like disgraced for the last five years so all of this stuff happened before that so it was like yeah when he was in his 20s which is like that's preposterous i did nothing absolutely not i started this podcast that was it (laughs) (laughs) i drank a lot (laughs) i still have a month or two left to go of my 20s unless I can really crank in some doctoral studies at the end here I'm just not gonna live up to Stoker I, uh, yeah, I, I don't think you're gonna cut it I don't think <laughs> uh sorry well cool I'm glad you liked it um I I I liked it as well though I was disappointed on like the mystery aspect of it because um as I mentioned last last uh not morph monday episode mm-hmm. like it was very light on mystery that's true like there's a whole half of this book where it's just like we're hanging out yeah developing our romance this is why i liked it because <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 i figured wasn't important for the first half of the book so i got to know the characters by the time the mystery rolled up it was a mystery involving the characters it wasn't like mm-hmm, we're gonna mm-hmm. go solve someone else's mystery it's like oh shit we've got a mystery to do so it's not really like a detective story in that way like she's not a detective someone's come to um yes but she still was like, yeah, I think she still detective the great detective, like the trope, because she does that thing that they all do where she notices little details and is like, I figured it out from these tiny little clues like that. Yes. the trope, Right. Yes. Yeah. But she's not a detective. So I was like, cool. Awesome. Great. And then uh, the mystery was so completely buck wild. And I was so it was here bonkers. for it. I was like, this is like, This book really went some places. This is the first entry in the series. Right? Like, where is it going to go from here, fam? Uh, <laughs> yes, it was It was absolutely wild. <laughs> Just choices were, were made. <laughs> so would you recommend this book to anyone then? Uh, yeah, if you are a person who's doing a podcast about mysteries and you don't like mysteries, but you got to find a mystery that you like, this one might work. <laughs> yeah um if you like if you like historical mysteries um if you like a little bit of enemies to lovers situation going on like they haven't reached full lovers I wouldn't say this is a romance by any means because they're not like you can tell they like each other but Veronica's like I don't know what this fluttering in my heart means it means you like him dude they also don't start as full enemies like that's true too it's like and for enemies to lovers light yeah (laughs) There's a lot of good banter. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think I think it's good. I, I, I'm also excited to see where the series goes. I will probably continue on with it. Um, but because I own the first book, I have to own all of them. So right, right. <laughs> might be a minute. <laughs> cool. Um, so speaking of books that we own or maybe that we borrowed from the library, uh, let's yeah. talk about what other sort of stuff we've been reading this week. Let's uh, throw out some recommendations for people. You got anything sure. Anything to uh, suggest? Yeah, I have a couple. Um, I read the first volume of a graphic novel series called Goldie Vance, which is um, a pretty diverse cast graphic novel. It's 
uh, I think she's like 16 year old girl who lives in a hotel, like a resort style hotel with her dad in Florida. And her dream is to like be the in-house detective at this resort. I guess that's a thing. Um, also, I don't think, I think it's a historical, I don't think it takes place in modern day, um, but I couldn't exactly <laughs> pinpoint when it does take place. But um, so she's just like this cool girl solving mysteries. I think there is a sapphic romance in it. And like I said, super diverse cast. I liked it. It was super cute. It is by the same um, publisher as uh, Lumberjanes and Giant Days. I think that's. And then I also started a classic. I started but haven't finished. Uh, <laughs> I got this in my book of the month box. Um, it is the first in another cozy mystery series called Arsenic and Adobo by Mia P. Manansala, um, which is the first book in a new series um, about a chef, a Filipino chef who goes home and has to solve the murder of her ex-boyfriend. Um, and it's super good. I love opening a book and there being like a glossary and a pronunciation guide and being like, I don't need it because I know these words. <laughs> these, are, these are some of the few words my mother taught me. <laughs> so um, I'm enjoying it. It has, uh, I don't know, those diaspora feels. Mm. So whatevs. How about you? What have you been reading? It's interesting you say diaspora feels because that's very much the book that I just finished, um, which I really liked is called uh, Goddess of the North by Georgina Kamsika, uh, uh -huh. which is about a Hindu goddess who is has followed her like believers to England and has lived in England for the last several hundred years and is now a detective in England and gets wrapped up in this murder case that all these trickster gods are involved in from different, like... Okay. I know. You got me. <laughs> Adding that to I know, list. right? And there's also a romance. And I didn't actually love the romance that much. Like, I liked what the romance represented, but I didn't care that much about the, like, character that was involved mm -hmm. in the romance. Um, and, yeah, a lot of good, like, stuff about... It was, like, a mystery in the sense that there was like a murder and stuff was being solved but like it was more about like family and um like finding your place in uh between like different cultures and stuff like that so i thought it was really nice. cool um and i would recommend you check that out as another one for people who maybe don't typically love mysteries but want to like find a way into the genre if you're coming from fantasy yeah. land that might be a good one Oh, yeah. It looks like an indie author, too. Yes, definitely check it out. That sounds so good. Okay. It is on my list. I, it was Thank you. The first book I've four-starred in a while, because I am very stingy with my stars on Goodreads. Yeah. I also don't just give out five-star reviews willy-nilly. I do not. save those for magical books mm -hmm. that are my favorite. Right. Please, if you're going to come at me for a four-star review, don't block everyone from your twitter account i'm just saying this isn't specific or anything it's entirely specific i don't anyway. know what this is reference to and we'll have to talk oh my gosh you don't oh okay Maybe. oh my god <laughs> there's some twitter drama about an author with like a really big release that came out mm -hmm. um and i guess this author got according to her got high at like 3 a.m and <laughs> wrote this nasty tweet that was like 
something about calling people who leave four star like positive four star reviews or like 4.5 but they round down to four she was like calling them cowards and saying that like they need to fucking grow up um and nobody likes you and blah 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 blah. and it was like it was pretty bad tirade and then she got caught she's like oh the book bloggers have found my tweets and they're taking it out of context and i'm speaking up for the authors that are too afraid of reviewers and blah 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 blah. so it was like this big release her arcs like it was like over four star reviews just from the arcs and then kate blanchett was gonna it is narrating the audiobook for it but now as of this morning when i checked the average rating on goodreads is 1.66 oh no but i'm gonna need you to tell me the author and we can maybe yes it's leaving isn't the hardest part by lauren huff Oh, I haven't heard of this book where this it's, it's like it's suppo- it sounds really good, which or, leaving isn't the hardest thing. Sorry, by Lauren Huff. It sounds really good because it is a collection of essays about her time spent in a cult. And then oh, leaving yeah, that I cult. did see that. Yeah, not this yes. drama, but I had heard of this book. So like everyone's really pissed off. Anyway, if you go to the reviews on Goodreads, you can see the screenshots of the tweets because they were deleted and the Twitter account right. is privated. I mean, like, so. <laughs> again, I'll, I three star most things like. Three Me stars too, is because like, I liked the book. I didn't have a problem with it, but it was Yes, like, it served its purpose, but I probably won't reread right. it. Four stars is like, this is really good. I'm going to recommend this to people. Five stars is like, this is one of my favorite books. Like Yes. Five star is like, I am stingy because that is like, that means this is everything I look for in a book. Honestly, like the Goodreads star system is just so like fucked at this point because everyone fucking mm-hmm. five stars everything. I'm like- Yes. You can't possibly love all these books that much. I don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, agreed. Agreed. In the slightly uh in the slightly modified words of syndrome from the Incredibles movie, when everything is five stars, nothing is. <laughs> this is very true. Yep. I really like and please sponsor us. I really like Storygraph because like one, you can do like half star ratings but also like their emphasis is like this is not a social media website like you can follow people and you can like connect with people or not connect with you can like follow people who share a similar reading interest but they'll never know that you're following mm-hmm. them and you can like read reviews but there's no way to like interact with the reviews after they've been written it's just like primarily for you to track your reading to get book recommendations on things that you'll like it's so clean and it's not affiliated with Amazon. So it took me so long to like get on Goodreads though. That I know. Now I'm like, God, I have to move to a different You can just platform. import your library though oh, from Goodreads God, into Storygraph. Just, I know. It's just so much work clicking buttons. Yeah, it's real hard. <laughs> but yeah, please sponsor a Storygraph. I am an early bird. I did pay. I did pay for my membership um, last year. So if you want to sponsor us, let me know. LOL. <laughs> uh anyway let's talk about this book (laughs) let's talk about the book that we read for this podcast today yeah okay (laughs) all right veronica speedwell is a lepidopterist i don't know whose last remaining guardian has recently passed away she's never known her parents and she was raised by these two spinster sisters who she calls her aunts lucy and nell um they're not really her aunts and she knows that but that's what she calls them and but they, i was so annoyed that they were really sisters I yeah yeah sure they were lesbian lovers and that's why they kept moving around yes. because like people would find out yeah incorrect they were they were lying about they were their actual sisters but they were still sisters yes Boo. <laughs> very very disappointing 
Um, they did move around the country a lot. Like they never settled in one village for very long. And for some reason, Veronica was like, yeah, this was normal. I did not have any problems with this. We would move like six times a year. Like that's, that's wild. (laughs) I think it was less that she thought that it was normal because she like knows other kids don't live like that more that she's a special snowflake girl who she truly is (laughs) smarter than the other girls and more talented and beautiful because she has not been downtrodden by the man. Um, yes. by being placed in school she had no man in her yeah, house she had no no institutions to to hammer her into place and so she's she's okay with uh the results but i mean she mm-hmm. is like i have no friends that kind of sucks yeah <laughs> but she's also like i'm too good for friends yeah i also hate all other women because they not through any fault of their own i mean like i fully acknowledge that i hate them because society I made them this way them this, i hate that society made them so bad and boring but they i are hate society made women terrible so i have to hate women also. <laughs> we're being a, a little harsh yeah no she's there is a little bit of that vibe in a couple places (laughs) she does have a little bit of a superiority thing Mm -hmm. going on but i mean she's a great detective she has to she has to that's that's how she distinguishes herself from the rest of the world (laughs) (laughs) this book was a really like garbage girl and garbage boy (laughs) but they they met together in their trash heap of love (laughs) i did kind of keep forgetting that this is the mystery unit that we were reading this for and not the garbage girl unit i was like oh this is perfect for garbage girl oh no wait damn it (laughs) i'm still searching for that perfect garbage girl love interest trope so you know yes but this was pretty close close to a garbage girl i think Mm -hmm, mm-hmm mm-hmm Veronica uh, travels internationally quite a bit. She likes to go look for rare butterflies. And she actually gets paid um, to collect specimens and uh, as published and stuff. So she's like a scientific mind, though. I don't think anybody knows that she's a woman. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a Victorian era. What are you going to do? And she also, um, unusual for the Victorian era, enjoys quite the healthy sex life with international men as well. This is what I wanted the Rakesh to be. Yes. Yes, I really like, I know it's probably pretty anachronistic, or maybe not. I wasn't alive during then, so who's to say? But, like, I really enjoyed Veronica's attitude towards sex. And, toward, like, there's a scene later on where, like, there's the opportunity for her to get jealous of whatever's happening between Stoker and that other woman at the carnival. And she's like, nah, it's fine. Like, whatever you want to do. I'm, We're not really attached to each other. Like, She's just chill. She's cool. <laughs> But a garbage girl. Oh, yeah. And she would probably hate me because I'm a woman. Right. I mean, it, it depends if you are are uh, a woman like uh, Sally, then yeah, she'd probably be like, oh, you've been destroyed by society and so you are garbage. But Molded if you myself to fit men. Lady C, I can't remember her, Cornelia, Cecily. Cordelia, Wilson. I think. Um, yeah. Yeah. She gave her a gun. Cool her. So they're and cool. I have I have theories about Lady C. I do too. And I think it involves the ring. <laughs> oh, no, mine doesn't. Okay. Let, I, we'll we'll, we'll discuss there. Lady C when we get yeah. to Lady C. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so anyway, after the funeral of her aunt Nell, um, Veronica comes across someone ransacking her cottage, seemingly looking for something. Like he's just tearing this place up. And she goes to attack the intruder, but isn't very successful. So this guy then attempts to take her away to an undisclosed second location, but is stopped by Baron Stoffenbach. Nice. That was good. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) 
I took six months of German on Duolingo in 2017. <laughs> You're basically fluent. I'm basically fluent. And then when we went to Germany, I was too afraid to use any of the things I learned. <laughs> oh, um. Veronica doesn't know this man, but he's like, come to London with me because I have secrets about you. And she's like, all right. I was going to leave this place anyway, so I might as well take the opportunity to get a free ride out of here. Let's go, old man. (laughs) So they kind of like get to chatting. I don't know. It's like maybe a day that it takes them to get to London, maybe less. I couldn't really tell, but they're like besties at the end of this. And then once in London, the Baron is like, I have to see about some things before I tell you this big secret. Cause it's not really my secret to tell. So I gotta like organize this. So stay here with my friend Stoker. I trust him with my life. He lives in this dirty warehouse and doesn't even have a bed. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> but Stoker is this broody, hunky man who is also a natural scientist. Earring. Then earring and a scar and an eye patch. Girls. Just everything. (laughs) Everything a lady could want. (laughs) Veronica's like, he would probably be ugly to a woman who wasn't me, but because I'm the kind of woman that appreciates a rugged man who's been through some shit, he's the hottest thing I've ever seen. (laughs) He's always going around shirtless to do his taxidermy. I don't know why he needs a shirt off to do that, but apparently he does. (laughs) He does because it sets the scene. It's he, it's a dark room, and he's in front of the furnace, and he's or the fire or whatever, and he's backlit by the flames, and he's stretching an elephant skin over a skeleton. <laughs> Sexy, <Just> dripping <laughs> with masculinity. Um, so like I said, he just lives in this warehouse that's owned by the Baron, and Veronica's like, mm, I can deduce that he was once a rich. That he was once a rich man who was hard on his luck. And in fact, she does discover a little bit later that he is actually, I forget his first name, but his last name is Templeton Vane. Revelstoke. Yes, Revelstoke. Yes, because it's like Stoker, but mm. Revelstoke Templeton <laughs> Vane. But all mixed up and with an evil. <laughs> <laughs> he is a well-known scientist who had some sort of like terrible thing happen to him in Brazil that brought about his ruin. We don't, I don't think we get the full details. No, we very specifically don't by the end. She has a whole like monologue in her head about like how she still didn't know all of this stuff. Yes, that's why she needs to unwrap his secrets like the candies that he carries in his pockets. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so like he did a murder or some, or he's been accused of murder before, um, and he had a wife or fiance, and they left him. And also, mm-hmm. like it says, his family. It cost him his wife. Not cost that, him his wife. My theory is that the wife was killed or like involved uh, in something, and he killed the person that like got her killed. Yeah. Or he killed someone, and then there was a revenge killing of his wife. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. That's yes. my thought. I I'll think... let you know in like seven books when they probably finally yeah. reveal what happened. Because I'm guessing the wife is dead. Because otherwise, uh, yeah, that would be a bummer. Because see, I thought it was Cordelia because the C I was like that's the only character we've met that has a C for her first name. But I don't know what right, the if, second if initial. Cordelia's the wife. Then people would know that, right? Like. If, you would think someone would mention, but yeah. they only hung out with those two. So. Now, I think, I know we're getting ahead, but here's my theory on Cordelia. Because, you know, there's that part okay. where, like, she has, like, a locket or something with some hair in it. Yeah. 
Uh-huh. Um, the hair, I think, is auburn, which is not the color of hair that Stoker has. Okay. I think, if I'm remembering right. My theory is that Cordelia was in love with her brother's wife, who died, and now she has to look after the kids. Ah. Because that's her whole thing, right? It's like, it's so sad that she has to watch her brother's kids, and she doesn't really want to be doing it. I'm like, but why? Like, they've set her up as, like, this, like, independent-esque woman who would be doing her own thing. I don't think she would just be doing whatever her brother wants unless she was like, oh, but I did love his his dead ex-wife, right? Mm. I think that's who the hair belongs to. That could it be. might just be I'm trying to find lesbians where there are no lesbians. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's got to be make gay. it happen. You know what? If we never read the rest of the series, that could be what happens. <laughs> uh, anyway, guys, keep that in mind for a long time from now when we finally get to Cordelia. <laughs> no, like 20 minutes at least. Uh, anyway, Veronica stays with the Stoker guy, even though like a man and woman staying alone in the same house together is pretty scandalous. No one really thinks of that until much later. But um, the two of them bicker and banter and shit. And then they receive the news that the Baron has been murdered. <gasps> so... Stoker immediately suspects Veronica, but then also decides that the two of them need to flee London because he knows that the police will probably suspect him for the murder because of his shady background and also because he thinks that whoever killed the Baron might also be after Veronica, even though he thinks that maybe Veronica's the killer. If you were expecting the <laughs> motives in this book to make sense, this will not they be enjoyable not. for you. <laughs> Because literally, this book concerning the mystery doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But like, there is so much of this, right? Where it's like, well, I think you killed him, but also I have to keep an eye on you. But also, he wants me to keep an eye on you. I'm like, I gave my word, I'd keep an eye on you. They like change what they want, like every other scene. Like there was a part where literally, like he was like, "You have to come with me so that I can keep an eye on you." She's like, "I don't want to." And then like the next scene, she's like, "Well, you won't get rid of me that easily. I gotta stay with you to keep an eye on you." I'm like, "This is the opposite of what you just (laughs) said." I need to solve the murder, and the only way to do that is if I stay here with you. It's like we get it. They both want to fuck each other, and so they're gonna hang out together. Like we don't need to do all of this. It's fine. Yes. Oh, man. There was a lot of that, like, with, and again, later with the villain, we're like, well, I actually think he could be a good good guy, but he might have been the bad guy, but he could have been our savior. I don't know. I'm just like. He's either the best or he's trying to kill me. I don't know. I can't tell. I better go talk to him to find out. <laughs> um, Speaking of, on their way out of London. Veronica is confronted by a Mr. Declare, who is like, you have to come with me because Stoker is bad news bears, but I will protect you from him. But Veronica, like, deduces from this dude's facial expressions that he's not a good guy. So she gives him the slip and then proceeds to not tell Stoker about this for, like, 150 pages. They both have their secrets. They do both have their secrets, but Veronica's secrets have to do with this <laughs> murder investigation. And Stoker's secrets have to do about his past that has nothing to do with Veronica. <laughs> just like, she's like, I'm playing all, I'm holding my cards close to my chest. I'm like, but why? What is telling Stoker about Mr. Declare gonna, okay, whatever. It's like if you went to get your car fixed and the mechanic was like, okay, well, uh, it seems like you have a whole bunch of damage to the the underside of your car do you know what would have caused that and you're like i could have told him about the potholes that i hit on the way here but 
I have to keep my secrets close to his vest. After all, he hadn't told me about that ring on his finger. It's like, those are two different. Those are two. One of them, one of them pertains are... to the situation you're jointly trying to fix. And one of them does not. Uh, for someone so smart, she sure is stupid. <laughs> Veronica. Veronica, please, please use your common sense. This is just her first mystery, though, so That's maybe true. she'll get better. And she wasn't intending to mystery. The mystery mysteried her. Yeah, that is true. She was just intending to go to London and then leave the country. And then go chase butterflies. <laughs> she like, just literally. wanted to do butterflies. <laughs> um, Stoker and Veronica then make their way to a traveling carnival that Stoker spent time with in the past. And they use this as cover while they're laying low. Um. I did not particularly care for this part of the book because, again, I'm here for the mystery. I was like, okay, but a lot of things are happening in London and you guys are just, like, fucking off in the woods. What's going on? This part of the book was very clearly inspired by that one episode of Bones where they have to go undercover at a traveling carnival as a married couple. And Ah. (laughs) there's a lot of fake romance tension because they have to pretend to be a married couple. And I think they even do throwing knives in that, too. But like, Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I think I need to watch Bones. I, nobody needs to watch Bones. Uh, David Boreanaz. Look, um, <laughs> I was here for this whole Carney situation because it was a setup of a mm. fake romance, like pretend boyfriend, yes. fake engagement sort of I thing. I was like, it, it's a fake romance and they have to share a bed. Yeah, perfect. Love it. Wonderful. But yes, I can yes. see if you cared about any of the plot. This would probably be like, why are we doing this? It was so long. It was like a hundred pages of this. So much drama between between the two of them and Sally and the professor. This better pay off in like three books no, when the man. carnival comes back. No. Ugh. That carnival's never going to be seen again. Here are some things that have happened at the carnival. Because <laughs> this was such a long section. Um, Stoker and Veronica have to perform a knife throwing act together. Um, but then... It goes really well the first night, even though Veronica gets drunk. But then the second night, Veronica has, like, a fever because she has malaria. Um, I feel like it should have been referenced more before that moment. Or after. (laughs) Just, like, like, she had malaria for this one scene. Um, It is how malaria works. Like, it flares up. But Yeah. Yeah. But it was just so, like, like... plot plot contrivance. not even plot because like okay romance whatever. contrivance romance ro- yeah that's what it is romance <laughs> contrivance but so she like faints during their knife throwing but it's like after stoker has thrown the knife so he ends up like stabbing her in the arm so that happens and then because of that because they weren't able to make money with their knife throwing act because the other thing about this carnival is it's like really hard up for cash um stoker has to fight their colossus with a whip I get sure. there's like a lot of backstory here with Stoker and this ringmaster guy because Stoker did a bad thing with the mermaid. <laughs> okay. <laughs> nope. Nope. That's it. That's okay. all the information. If sure. you want to know more, you got to read this book. Sure. <laughs> so the ringmaster is mad um, already. So he like sets up this whip fight between Stoker and this giant Colossus to make a lot of money. Um, (laughs) but also like, also the ringmaster is revealed that Stoker is wanted for murder. 
because at this point the papers have said he's wanted for murder or for questioning regarding the parents' murder. And so, like, he makes up these posters to advertise the whip fight that was like Colossus versus suspected murderer Stoker. Um, you know, it was, it was like WrestleMania with Jake Paul. Like, we get it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, it was. It <laughs> Except for it was over in, like, 30 seconds because apparently Stoker, like, hulks out when he gets mad. I think that's what happened with the poll, too. I can't actually remember if it was Jake or Logan, but I think it was very short work, I feel like. <laughs> I could be wrong. I didn't watch it. <laughs> um, there's also this groom horse groomer named Mornaday who seems to have a big fat crush on Veronica or he pretends to um and I'm trying to think they do the bed sharing thing they have their banter so yeah just romance abound we also meet a lot of the characters at the um carnival most of which is not really worth getting into because it's like you know it's that stereotypical like pretty offensive carnival shtick going on um stoker wins the whip fight and then he and veronica flee back to london they're like okay so it didn't work out when we were running away from london so let's run back to london but in secret so i was like finally thank you god <laughs> they go back to london and they stay at the house of lord rosemaran and then things get boring guys it starts thinking about this mystery and there's less sexual <laughs> tension not really. Still sexual but still sexual yeah. tension because they're still <laughs> sharing a living quarters. <laughs> um, Stoker is friends with Lord Rosemarie's sister, Cordelia. And he is like very like, because Veronica's like, you sure you guys were just friends? And Stoker's like, no, we have, I would never, no, we are just friends. God damn it. Friends only. Friends. Veronica's like, okay. Which I think he would be that insistent about if she was actually a lesbian. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Trying to respect his friend, He's, who he knows is not sexually interested in him, and he doesn't I will want have Veronica no chance with her ever. And, and also, he okay. wants to fuck Veronica. So, like... Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's, like, so in love with Veronica this whole time. And Veronica, like... First of all, Veronica, like, teases him with her sex. Uh, she's like, you want to do it, Stoker? And he's like, uh-huh. And Veronica's like, just kidding. I never <laughs> sleep with my fellow countrymen. Wouldn't it be cool if we fucked? Guess what? We won't. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, she does it multiple times just because she wants him to be angry, which I was like, all right, I'm here for this. God. It's real garbage. It's so garbage. It's exactly what I'm here for. (laughs) Damn. this is also around the time when she's like, oh, maybe Stoker only does all of this, like, bullshit pirate pirate cosplay earring long hair <laughs> thing because he thinks it's off-putting to women. And she's like, I should probably tell him that it doesn't work and that a lot of women are into that. Nah, I won't. I like it. It's hot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if I tell him to change, then he might turn into some dandy. <laughs> then lots of women will love him. I can't have that. Um, I do like though that his eye patch, she's like, do you have an eye under there? And he was like, oh yeah, no, it works. It just gets tired. So I put the eye patch on when my eye is sleepy, um, which I like. Um, I also like the other stupid thing Veronica does. She's like, Stoker, when was the last time you had sex, Stoker? Do you (laughs) masturbate, Stoker? I haven't had sex in a year. How long has it been for you, Stoker? Good night. I'm mad horny all the time. How do you handle that? 
how do you handle it? And then and he's like, uh, cold showers. <laughs> uh, anyway, this all happens. They they are, Cordelia sneaks them into like this annex of the Rosemarine complex. I don't know. That is like full of different animal and bug specimens that Lo- Lord Rosemarine has been collecting. He's just, he's so rich that he's like, I just want to buy that beautiful butterfly. And Veronica looks at it and she's like, okay, but this is like a one of the only butterflies that this super really famous guy has ever captured. And you just like have it here in your attic. Why don't you turn this place into a museum? And Cordelia's like, my brother is too lazy. <laughs> what you must understand, darling, is that we're rich and lazy. Rich? We're so rich. We have all of this fuck you money. And that's really, we just want to say fuck you. <laughs> We don't want to do anything. Um, so they have to keep the secret. Cordelia is like, you have to hide that you're here from my brother and his kids and and the servants and and the dogs. And then immediately everyone finds them. And is super chill <laughs> about it. Everyone, yeah, yeah. Lord Rose Moran's like, oh, it's probably fine. You're well, here. You're wanted for murder. What's that, darling? I haven't heard of it. Must be a poor people thing. M- sorry, am I and am I pronouncing that correctly? Murder. <laughs> What, what is that? It must be some kind of soup that the paws eat. And <laughs> one of those commoner problems, I don't know. Um, like housing and healthcare. Yeah, and museums. I wouldn't What's know that? of these things, darling. I'm much too busy with my fancy collections and my sleeping in late. And ignoring my kids. <laughs> <laughs> because I am socially awkward. <laughs> But not in a garbage way, in a terribly endearing way. That's just like, whatever. Whatever. I want I want his book, too. I want Lord Rose Moran to find love. In a garbage way, died. then. Because that is yeah. the garbage boy way. That's a Darcy. That is true. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Everyone in this book was so beautiful garbage. <laughs> Except for the Baron. He, he is murdered trash. <laughs> Absolutely exquisite trash. <laughs> <laughs> only the finest for this raccoon. Only, only the most pure refuse that you've ever seen. <laughs> I'll put it in my finest of dumpsters. My gold encrusted dumpster for my beautiful, <laughs> beautiful garbage. It has automatic sensors that lift the doors for you so you don't have to get your hands dirty. <laughs> Uh, Veronica and Stoker decide that they're going to figure out this murder on their own. So they head to the home of the Baron to see if they can dig up any information. They break into his home in the middle of the night with a key that Stoker conveniently had. So it's not breaking in at all. Um, and they find some papers that tell them that Veronica's mother was a famous Irish actress who had an affair with a very prominent man, got pregnant with Veronica, and then died a few months after Veronica was born. Now, can I tell you who I thought the prominent man was at this point? Yes. Prince Albert, as in the one who married Queen Victoria. But then I realized mm-hmm. those dates did not add up. And I was like, I guess <laughs> He's this super theory dead. is completely incorrect and threw it out of my mind. this will become humorous to you listeners in a few minutes in a few moments uh also discovered veronica's mother's last name was declare (gasps) the same name of the guy who accosted veronica at the train station that man is her uncle what 
Also, also, Veronica's aunts knew her mother and were probably hiding Veronica from whoever her father was by moving around the country so frequently. Oh, my. Also, 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 the Baron uh, is revealed at this point to have been a close friend of Veronica's mother. Well, we kind of knew that at the beginning. Yeah, because he was, like, horny for her. That Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like bosom buddies because Veronica's mom wrote a letter to the Baron. I was like, can you please tell my lover that uh, not to marry that woman? I'll just die if he does. And then she died. Um, also, 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 they start to realize that almost everyone that knew about Veronica's parentage is now dead, either from old age or murder. And Veronica begins to suspect that it's her father's doing. As they're snooping around, they're attacked by someone. And they attempt to flee and are almost overcome. But a mysterious person fires a gun, which scares off their attacker and allows the other two to get away. At this point, they're like, well, I think it was Mr. Declare that attacked us. But also, maybe it was Mr. DeClaire who fired the gun that saved us. So who is he? This was, again, just some, like, I don't even really know why you thought he was. Because they're like, oh, he smells like caraway. And there's a caraway seed here. But I'm like, but that doesn't then prove that he's the one who's still here. That just proves that he was here at some point. I don't know. I this was I was like, whatever. No one cares. Yeah. Yeah, it was the action scenes in this were a little bit like your the strengths of this book lie in the dialogue and the characters, not in like the plot or action. <laughs> I would argue that it does lie in the plot as long as you're okay with the plot being absolutely fucking buck wild. <laughs> also true. <laughs> Which I am, so it worked. It was delightful. The next big thing that happens, because it is so abrupt, they're like, let's go to the candy store. And on the way from the candy store, we got randomly abducted off the streets in the middle of the day. (laughs) This is like two paragraphs, because I went back to check, like, after writing up my notes. I was like, okay, I know this happened next, but what happened in between? Oh, nothing. It's two paragraphs. We came out of the candy store, and suddenly... (laughs) Okay, okay. They're taken onto a boat... On the River Thames, Thamus, our good friend Thomas. We can't do this again. It's <laughs> a maze. <laughs> and it's revealed that the kidnapper is Mr. Declare. Who would have seen it coming? Yes. They drop Stoker overboard because they're like, we don't need this guy. And once Veronica is free from her bindings, she also jumps off the boat because Stoker, as he was tied up, they like put a bag over his head and tied him up so he would be super ineffective. He started having a seizure, but it wasn't a seizure. It was his way to leave her a sneaky message in Morse code because they are both extremely smart people. (laughs) It's like, all right. (laughs) Okay. Sure. Why? Why would um, they? Why would either of them? Whatever. I don't know. I don't know why it couldn't have been like they didn't know that Stoker grew up at a carnival and suddenly he's Houdini free. Like I don't, I don't know. Um, but also that did happen because they throw him overboard in these like locks and they or ropes or something. They've tied him up and they throw him over the boat and then he's free once he's underwater. So I was like, why didn't you just do that on the boat? Whatever. It doesn't matter. 
He had to wait to use his magical powers until he was in water because that's part of his tragic backstory is that he is a mermaid. Yes, that's why he felt so much kinship to that other mermaid. (laughs) And like a mermaid, when he gets wet, he takes his true form, which is Mm -hmm. the fish, the fish form. So then he could. Yeah. Full fish or half fish? Half fish. You know, like a splash. Um, Okay. Yeah. 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 Or what's that other one where that's the conceit? Like when the mermaid gets wet, they become a mermaid. I can't remember, but that's a thing. I don't know. Mermaids would be another good unit for me because I don't like that shit. <laughs> it is weird because they seem so sexual, right? Like they're so sexual. Yes, but what part do you have sex with? Number one. And number two, I just don't find them interesting in the same. The that's the thing. That's the thing. Yeah. I'm I can get on board with like the appearance. That's really cool, mm-hmm. but I don't want to read about their day to day lives yeah, or it's like, romance. What do they even do? Go to yeah. the sandbar and get a drink. Ha ha ha. Got him. <laughs> <laughs> Pay for it with um, sand dollars. Oh my god. <laughs> We're really floundering here. <laughs> I'm so sorry you feel um, that way. Let's get back to this tale. <laughs> Some of our finest work. Um, they they attempt to swim away, but obviously boats are faster than people. What? So declare <laughs> declares in his boat after them. Um, and Veronica's like, "We're not gonna make it." And Stoker's like, "We will, because there's another boat coming to pick us up." Guess what, guys? It's that groom Mornaday from the traveling carnival. And he's like, "Hi, I'm a cop, and you guys need to get out of the city because I don't want you causing trouble in my jurisdiction." <laughs> sure he gives off strong like i know i know everything vibes Mm -hmm. and that's why i can't have you here because i know everything and veronica and stoker are like okay sure we'll leave town but then they don't (laughs) they go right back to the rose moran estate to dry off um and once there veronica's like Oh, darn, I got a bunch of water in this compass that my aunt gave me that I haven't mentioned up until now. It's very important. She did mention it. It was, it was, she did. It was foreshadowed. Okay. I didn't catch that. I will retract that statement then. I got a bunch of water in this compass that my aunt gave me that I mentioned once. (laughs) It's very important to me. (laughs) She said I'd always be able to use it to find home. And Stoker is like, weird. This is pretty heavy for a compass. That's because it actually contains a key to a safety deposit box at the Bank of London inside of it. So they go to there. I do want to file a formal complaint with this scene also because the Mm -hmm. key has a, um, like, series of letters on it. They're trying to figure out what they mean, and they think it's an anagram. And the Uh letters are uh, B-O-L-O-X. T-S-T, right? Yeah. And they're like, we can't figure out any anagrams with this. And I'm like, really? Because, like, you move two of the letters and it's, like, lost box. Like, I'm not saying that that's the correct answer because it wasn't, but they're like, there are absolutely no anagrams with this. And I'm like, there is a very obvious one right there. 
Yes, yes, yes. And it is actually the thing that you're looking for. I mean, that's like, not what the clue ends up being. It just stands for like Bank of London, Oxford Street. Oxford Street. But like still, yeah. if you're going to say like, we went through all the anagrams and couldn't figure out any anagrams aside from like Luke, I'm like, that, stool. It's not even all of the letters, number one. And literally, you just have to swap like two letters to make this two words. Like, I don't, I'm so bad at anagrams. Why can they figure out this sneaky seizure Morse code bullshit? But they can't do an anagram. I looked at it for 10 seconds. It's nonsense. I don't know. I mean, I guess if like the author was like, well, it's not going to be the anagram thing, but it would be weird if they didn't think of the anagram thing. She probably didn't sit there and go like, okay, what were the anagrams for this? She was probably just like, whatever. But yeah. Even though you can just like go to a website that shows you what the anagrams of a word are. That's fine. She, you know, there was so much more going on in this book. There was just no time to look up anagrams. (laughs) They go to the Bank of London. Inside the safe deposit box are a marriage and birth certificate that show that Veronica's mother married the Prince of Wales and Veronica is his legitimate child. So I'm over here trying to figure out this mystery like... Oh, I bet it's Prince Albert, the one married to Queen Victoria. No, wait, the dates don't work. That's not it. And literally didn't think of the same print or the same name just one generation later for the dates before. <laughs> this is why I don't the like- line ended with Albert. There was no more <laughs> this princess. Is why I don't like mysteries, guys. <laughs> they make me feel so stupid. <laughs> this this plot in particular, though. <laughs> So like I love it. I I my mind was not even going towards like royalty. But mine was because they mentioned like the Jubilee a bunch and they were like, oh, That's I serve true. the Queen, not or I serve England, not the Queen. I'm like, there's some royalty shit going on here. And I was like, ooh, I bet Prince Albert. They mentioned like his death and whatever. I bet it's he's the dad. And then it's like, no, it's it is Prince Albert, just not that Prince Albert. Just not that one. You dumb bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Half credit. <laughs> Uh, the biggest thing about this, though, is Veronica's mother didn't die until 10 days after the Prince of Wales married, what's her name, from Denmark? Princess Alexandra. Yes, yeah. So he's practicing bigamy, and also all of his children are illegitimate. Except for Veronica. Except for Veronica. But also so kind of, st- she's also, here's because this is what it gets into, right, is like, uh-huh. they got married in a catholic ceremony without Mm -hmm. the sovereign's consent so by like english like uh uh view the marriage with princess alexandra is legitimate and the marriage with uh veronica's mother would have been illegitimate so it's all not quite kosher because a we're dealing with catholics and protestants and b uh the the second marriage like he still would have thought he was married so like it's kind of iffy but it probably would be okay yes but from catholic viewpoint like the irish especially irish catholics they would be like no that first marriage was super duper legitimate and this is a big victory for us Yes, the crown should go to veronica we need to put an irish catholic on the throne wow the drama it's so the drama yes And Denmark is going to be so Denmark's pissed. Gonna They're going to start a mad, war. You guys. They're going to be big mad. Well, they tell Denmark because they get really upset about these sorts of things. <laughs> so Stoker and Veronica are like, oh, shit, Veronica, you are the most dangerous person in England right now. And your very existence could destroy the monarchy. And I'm sitting here like, good. Do it. Pull do the it. trigger. Fucking do it. <laughs> Burn it down. 
Can you imagine if that's how this book went and the rest of the series is like full alternate history? Like, do you know, you know, we wouldn't even be recording right now because I'd be too busy reading reading that, just gobbling that up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so. Veronica is like, I have no intention of taking a throne because I'm happy with my butterflies and sexy foreign men. So let's come up with a plan to get everyone off my fucking back. Guys, here's the plan. <laughs> they they invite both Declare and Mornaday, which Scotland Yard, essentially, to Stoker's old warehouse. And everyone shows up and Veronica is like, so I know about me. Watch me burn the proof that I am the child of the Prince of Wales. And she throws, they made like a big bonfire, even though, even though Stoker's like, I have an oven. And she's like, no, we will create a fire in the middle of this warehouse and we'll use formaldehyde (laughs) to do it. See, I fully thought, and I wasn't paying attention because this was plot stuff and, you know, I don't care about that. But (laughs) I did think that their plan was to fake her death by burning down the warehouse at one point that would have been really good too but they didn't they just threw in the birth certificate and marriage certificate into the fire and declare is real pissed off and he like tries to get into the fire and veronica's like no it's done dude it's a fire fire we use formaldehyde Don't don't be this way uncle I don't. And there's like a little bit of a fight and Declare kind of catches on fire. And I guess he just runs around the warehouse and bumps into everything and catches the whole warehouse on fire before jumping out of a window. <laughs> and he escapes, whatever. Um, well, he does He does a Moriarty death, right? Yes. Yeah. He does. He does like a low budget, low stakes Moriarty. Like after he jumps out, Veronica's like, yo, the river's really shallow there, and this guy owns a boat, so he definitely got away. The main concern for him was being on fire, and then he went in the water, so I feel like, if anything, that helped him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's totally fine. Uh, but Scotland Yard is like, cool, thank you for doing that thing that you did with the fire. Um, come in tomorrow to give your statement, I guess. Uh, also the warehouse burns down, <laughs> but it was not attached to anything else. So this is fine with everybody <laughs> except, except I guess all of the specimens and stuff that Stoker lost. From the lost ashes specimens. shall rise a new and creepier warehouse full of dead elephants. <laughs> the ghosts of taxidermied animals. <laughs> a ferret with a real wonky eye that Stoker fucked up on when he was practicing different, different techniques. He was very drunk when he did that one. <laughs> Uh, Veronica goes to Scotland Yard the next day and they're like, hey, the crown is offering you a stipend to live off of. And Veronica's like, I don't want to owe those assholes anything. Goodbye. (laughs) Do not give me their blood money. Uh, Instead, she convinces Lord Rosemarine to make the to make a museum with all the crap he has in his second house. And she's like, hire me and Stoker. We'll be your museum curators and also we'll go out on expeditions to find more things to put in your museum. Cool. And then also Stoker is like, hey, actually, you didn't burn those papers. You burned fake papers because I'm very good at forging things. Here's the real copy of the marriage and birth certificate for you to do with what you want. Happy birthday. The end. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what a wild Also, they don't kiss. No, they did not kiss. Um, But, you know, that leaves possibilities for a future book. As I've said many times, I am 
almost never a fan of couples in fiction once they are in an established relationship that's healthy and good. Like that's no fun. <laughs> There's very so few the once they do kiss, it'll be all done. There is there's six books. I the most recent book either has already been published in 2021 or it has a published date of 2021. So I think it's an ongoing series, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Well, then I will not return to it until it is completely finished in 20 years, and then maybe I'll read it again. No, I, <laughs> I might continue this series. We'll see. Oh, it just came out March 2nd, actually. Anyway, that was this book. I just feel like there's nowhere to go from this. When you make your main character Where? a princess in book one, how do you up the ante from there? Yes, that's like some book seven shit yeah. when people are getting tired of reading. But she was like, nah, here it is. I really, maybe, maybe that's the next five books is she's slowly amassing followers and then she'll be like, actually, I'm the queen now, bitch. Book seven, like book seven ends with her tearing the crown off of like Queen Victoria's decapitated head. Yes. (laughs) Yes. We are now all scientists. Ladop, lapot, ladop, butterfly chasers, <laughs> and taxidermists. Lepidopterist? Those are our main exports. Is that, is that the word? Hmm? Lepidopterist? Lepidopterist. There's some combination of P's and D's yeah. I didn't get correct. Lepidopterist. Oh, well. Anyway, it was fun. I liked this book. It was a good time. Good. I'm glad you liked it. I was a little bit worried at some points. Uh, I very much enjoyed it, though. And I got to actually read a book that's on my shelf. Now I only own like 100 unread books there you instead go. of 101. So. Perfect. <laughs> okay, so coming up next week, we've got Animorphs, number 38, I believe. The Arrival. So, who knows? Awesome. Maybe. We're hoping for, we're hoping for Andalites. Maybe some Andalites. Maybe some Andalites, guys. Maybe it's Andalites. We'll probably be disappointed. Probably. But, you know, it's fine. Uh, swing on by for that. Uh, the week after that, I think it will be the start of your new unit, if I'm... All right. My new unit is going to be... I don't... I'm very, like, particular romance reader. Mm-hmm. I, as I have revealed, I don't read a lot of historical romances. Okay. And I think perhaps maybe this book is part of the reason why. Sure. I just did not care for it at all. Our next unit is going to be on Highland romances. <gasps> We're going to be, be reading Beyond the Highland Mist by Karen Marie Moaning. Interesting. Interesting. Yes. I am, please, we do not have to read Outlander I for the second book in the unit. I don't think we can read Outlander. It's so gigantic. Um, <laughs> I, I don't have it in no. me. Also, Outlander is one of those books that I like, but I do not recommend to anyone else because it is so very problematic. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the thing. Like, I just, I don't, I, this, I know we're not supposed to be talking about it yet, but just like the whole aspect of time traveling and modern women being like, yes, this is fine for me living here in 16th century Scotland. Now, I don't know that I've read that many Highlander romances, but I don't think they all involve time travel, do they? No, this particular one does. Okay. I just, I don't care. I don't care for the trope of someone going back in past and being like, let's stay here. I'm like, everyone should go to the future 
where there is modern medicine and television. So do you want this unit to be specifically Highlander romances or time travel romances? Because those are two different things. I think I'm going to be very specific and say time traveling Highlander romances. Okay, all right. You boxed me into <laughs> a Outlander. very neat corner in which the, <laughs> <laughs> the classic example is going to be very hard to find, but we'll work with it. Uh, I, I don't know. I feel like you could do it. If I mean, if we need to, if we need to unnarrow it, that's also okay. fine. Well, I I just feel like there are so many examples of like the time travel mm-hmm. aspect, and I just why are you going back in time to fall in love? Because I don't know. I guess I'll find out yeah. throughout this unit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward. No, to I'm it. not here to yuck your yum. If you like it, that's fine. I mean, you can you can yuck my yum as much as you want on this one. A lot of the tropes in this are pretty yucky, and I will fully admit to that. And I look forward to. Uh, seeing how these play out in some different, like I said, I haven't read a ton of Highlander romances and definitely not, I've not specifically looked into what, depending on the time they were written, may be called Outlander knockoffs, but. (laughs) This one came out in 1999, so I feel like it's around that time. So interesting. I look forward to exploring Mm -hmm. this genre. This is very niche genre. In the meantime, if you have any books that you would like us to cover on the podcast, whether because you think we would hate them or if you're a super nice person and you think we would love a book and you just want us to be happy for a week, that would be really cool. You can tweet at us at ShelfAwareCast or email us ShelfAwareCast at gmail.com. As always, thank you to Ben Cope for the use of our theme song. You can check out his YouTube channel in our show notes below. And we are also on all of your favorite podcast aggregating platforms. So if you haven't followed or subscribed to us on one of those, you definitely should. Because if you don't, I'm going to time travel back to the exact point where you didn't subscribe to our podcast. And I guess that's the beginning of our romance novel. If you use Apple Podcasts, we'd very much appreciate a five-star review. But if you don't, that's all right, because you're allowed to talk about us anywhere on the internet you would like. In the words of Deanna Rayborn, Now, do shut up and stop interrupting whilst I'm being interesting, also known as Anna's inner monologue every time we record an episode. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. (laughs) I relate. Welcome back, literary sum- summers. Ooh. It is that time it's of year. Be a literary summer soon, <laughs> if you know what I'm talking about. I, I don't know what I'm talking about.